0: Welcome, everybody, to the Force Carry Podcast. I'm your host, Jace Cobb, and with me, as always, is Steve Cook and Fats from the Internet. Had a good week of tournaments this week, had the Wyndham, had some corn fairy stuff, and had several new developments. But before we get into that, I guess we check and see how everybody's doing. Uh, Steve, did you play any uh, golf this past week and improve on your 79 that you shot last week?
1: Um, I am sad to report that I did not improve upon my 79, and actually lost to Spencer, uh shot an 87 it was oh, it no. was very awful yeah it was bad um i hit t-ball maybe not not quite as bad as Speeth on sunday uh or saturday i'm sorry he didn't play on sunday did he um <laughs> but it was pretty bad i mean i, I punched out seven or eight times and, and that's never never a good thing but i am so excited um, not only for the golf tournament we're going to talk about today, but also that there is only two weeks left before my kids get the hell out of my house and go back to school. And I have a free babysitter every day until three o'clock. I am so pumped about that.
0: Yeah. I don't know if Spencer will be able to, uh, hang much longer after the, uh, the kids get a babysitter and spend a little more time out there. I hate that Spencer beat you after the, uh, last week he was, he was ready to be my number one enemy number one, but I guess he, uh. You know, if you used the Brooks Koepka fuel and took our, our slights against him as, you know, turned him into something positive now, last I, week. I, I
1: will say, I will say, that he's not a listener, but he has friends in his office that are listeners, so hopefully they, <laughs> you know. I, he did not expect to beat me, and he took a lot of putts early in the round that were not given to him. And it, usually that doesn't matter because I beat the crap out of him so bad, but I'm not going to, you know, I played so bad I'll take the the L, but frankly it's not exactly legitimate regardless Fats you doing
0: anything worthwhile past week?
2: Uh, my game's in great form it's very consistent I shot the same thing last Saturday I have about the last 300 weekends before that so my game is looking tight
0: yeah I played I played 36 on Friday it was probably 105 wind blowing 10 to 15 it was miserable but played did not play any good played the amateur version of Rory drove it, excellent. Could not hit a wedge anywhere close to the pin. Could not putt. Could not get up and down. Just, just did not play good. Did not capitalize on any good, any good drives. It was quite frustrating. Sometimes that's worse than uh, punching out all day when you can't uh, make up for do anything with your good drives. So, anyways, were you, on, were you on Bermuda? We were on Bermuda bent greens, but uh, Bermuda Bermuda fairways and rough, so the chipping was a little. Not great, not great either. So, it was a uh, you know, it was fun. How do they keep? How
1: do they keep? How do they keep bent in Texas? Not very in West well. West Texas, especially. Yeah. I was gonna. I mean, they're just refusing to change it out, huh? Just yeah, the old guard. They're
0: they're changing a bunch of grasses on several of the country clubs around here to some new kind of hybrids and whatnot. So I'm sure, I'm sure they'll all get the treatment before too long. But yeah, they're looking pretty rough right now, and it's pretty. It's not humid here, so I don't know how much humidity affects that kind of stuff. It's just kind of just miserable heat, so I don't know. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff, but yeah, I do know the Bent struggles
1: in the heat, so you would think it wouldn't wouldn't last. But. Well, they're they're playing on Bent this week, so we'll get into that a little bit probably later on about kind of how that it affects everything. Yeah,
0: speaking of, they finished up the Wyndham uh, last week. JT... The postman picks up a W, and I thought that was pretty cool. He had no bogeys for the round. I don't even know when the last time that happened in a professional golf tournament could not could not be any time recent. I, I can't recall four bogey free rounds and a win, but uh, pretty pretty cool stuff. I know that's a big week. A lot of people playing for the cards and, and and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, Fats, how did your how your picks look this past week at the window?
2: I mean, not great daily-wise. Adam Hadwin decided he was just going to crap all over me, so that was great. Um, I almost, well, not almost, um, Roger Sloan speeded me. You made fun of me, or not made fun of me, but you laughed at me last week for liking Roger Sloan, and it it was two swings. That's that's all that that hurt me. He went out of bounds early in the round, trying to be like speed, and then easiest hole on the course on Thursday, dead middle of the fair one a par five, just yanked uh, three wood, took him, I don't know, he went, I think it took him three just to get on the green from there. So should have birdied that, bogeyed it, four-shot swing. So I'm giving myself a push on Roger Sloan last week. I know that's not the way it works, but that's the way I'm going to do it. No, but I did hit Bryce Garnett uh, plus 600 for a top 20. So that alone, the picks I gave out on the podcast, that alone would have made you a winner if you would have took all of them.
0: So, not too bad. My pick, uh, crashed and burned. I was feeling great about myself on Friday afternoon. Spieth was finished his round. The time he finished his round, I think he was in second place, and he ended up being at right outside the top ten by the time the day was over and made, I don't know that I've seen a better putting performance through. His Thursday round was incredible. And then Friday came, and the same story is all year. Something something changes on the weekend, and he was horrendous like he has been all year. And I fell for it again, and I don't know what's up with that guy. But it is it, – I mean, that's been the story all year. I don't know how many times he's had a chance. He's been right there on Saturday and just plays terrible. And I don't know if you all saw him after the round. He just flat out said he has no clue where the ball's going. He stands up on the tee, and he is lost. And he says his club's stuck behind him. His, you know, his his face has gotten more open over the years. I guess he's trying to gain some distance, and that's a bad place to play from when you're when you're stuck and open. Because, yeah, your misses are either huge hooks or they're huge blocks, or I mean, it's just you have no clue what you're
1: doing, and you can't stand well, up. Well, it's a and play like that. It's a very it's a it's a good pattern for Spieth this year. On as soon as he. Uh, gets ejected from the golf tournament at the press conference. He says, I have no idea what's going on, and I can't figure out why I'm so bad at golf. But by Tuesday of the next week or Wednesday, he usually says he has something figured out and then proves that he does not have anything figured out by the weekend. Uh, But what is that? What's the Saturday collapse? I mean, is that nerves? Is The the, the swing gets more pressure under it? I mean, it's got to be – you think every time he's on the tee, he's got to be terrified right now.
0: He is. And he's right, partly, because he does figure something out. Because Thursday, Friday, he's like the world beater, and then the weekend comes. But he he's gotten... You've talked about his chicken wing in the past. And the chicken wing... I never had a problem with the chicken wing, because he used to play... I'm not going to go into a deep dive of a golf swing breakdown, but he used to play with a pretty shut, more shut face, or at least closed face, um, square face, I should say, and The chicken wing just kind of helped him from not hooking it, so it wouldn't roll over as much, and his big miss was always just a block way out right. No big deal. You can play with that. And his club face has gotten more open over the years. His grip's gotten weaker over the years. And if your club face is open and you chicken wing, I mean, that that doesn't match up. It matches up with a square face. It does not match up with an open face. And when you're sitting back there just kind of flipping at it and you have no clue where it's going... Yeah, he can time it right, hit it good Thursday, Friday, but the pressure gets on, and your swing's so timing based. I mean, it's going all over the place. And he says, he says he has no clue where it's going. And you can't, you can't play golf at a high level when you don't know where your miss is going to go. I mean, it's just, it's not going to happen. And it's bleeding over to other parts of his game. And it's, I don't know, it, it. What started off as a technical problem still probably is, but now it's a mental problem and a technical problem. And I don't know, I don't know how he's going to get over it. But it'd be interesting to see. Well,
1: well, there was a, uh, tweet I saw, I have to give credit to whoever did it, but I don't know who it is. So they won't get any credit here, but remember that vacation those guys took out in, um, the Bahamas a few years ago, it was like Smiley Kaufman, Jordan Spieth, JT and Ricky Fowler. And I, this tweet was like, you, you got a feeling Ricky's looking at those guys. Like, is there some kind of final destination stuff kind of going on right now? Cause those guys are slowly falling apart one by one, um, Speeth might might but he's got obviously the major wins, but he might not be too far away from Smiley Kaufman right now. That,
2: they should put that on the the Tiger Jason Day Jojo classic thing. They should have a Speeth versus Smiley undercard
1: match.
0: <laughs> Held on the weekend, so it's competitive <laughs> on a Saturday.
1: Yeah. Well if they if they have weird. it on if they have it on the weekend, Smiley'll be I don't know what he does on the weekend, that but it's not has it's not played golf on the PGA Tour. Yeah,
2: he he hasn't played on a weekend in two years.
1: Mm. I, he he made a cut a couple months ago, I think. His first cut, if I recall correctly, I think he collected a check of like twelve thousand bucks or something. So that that paid for his you know suite at the Four Seasons for that weekend.
0: Yeah, <laughs> his mental coach, whoever he's got, put him on retainer. Speaking of of the of the young talent you're talking about, Hovland was playing in that tournament. Fats had mentioned that he thought Hovland was going to win said it wasn't cuz it was a cool story i think it probably was because it was going to be a cool story but he almost did it he was right there but unfortunately um he's headed to the corn ferry tour which i can hardly wrap my mind around because i mean he has been it seems like he's done more than enough but i guess you know when you're you're playing in US opens and getting that kind of stuff you don't get the fedex cup points which which makes no sense and I think, I guess they just changed the rule uh, to some extent recently, but doesn't help him out. So he's going to the corn Ferry tour and he's going to have to battle with all those guys that hate pars and, and, and hopefully he can get back on tour quick, but it's not no guarantee because it's, it's, it's a hard fight to get on there. What do you think, Steve?
1: Yeah. They're going to call that the Hovland rule. You mm-hmm. think, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. It was basically the U S amateur gets into the U S open and has to essentially decide whether to play as the U S amateur or not play in the U S open. And, he doesn't get to collect those points, right? And he, did he top ten at the U.S. Open? Or was it top twenty at least, something like that? I mean, he,
2: yeah, he was low low am at Augusta, and I will find out. what and he was he did up there, the, but yeah, that's so basically yeah, what it, it is.
1: Yeah, it didn't if he would have collected that, he'd be playing this week and have a chance. I mean, you know, if he it, it, that's a guy like I mean, you know, Morikawa and Wolf. I mean, you know, those guys have a chance right now to you know to 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 play with anybody. And it's just unfortunate that he's getting kicked down to the minor leagues. I mean, it's just, it's just stupid. I mean, from the PGA tours point of view, this is like a, a this is like a young stud, you know, slugger coming up from the Yankees, you know, like t- highly touted guy bombs, a bunch of home runs right after the all-star break. He looks awesome. And then they shoot him back down to the minor leagues. Cause of some technicality. It's it's, I, it, they obviously changed the rule. And it's stupid. I, I mean I, 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 it doesn't make any sense why he's not going to be a part of a, why is, he, I'm looking at Spieth's name on here, and Hovland's not there? Yeah. That's, that's not good.
0: And I get it back in the day when it was like, you know, your 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 tour was, you based off earnings and whatnot. And I, and I get, you're not going to have amateur golfers collecting paychecks, but he should at least get FedEx points for, you know, I understand if he's going to, he, even if he's going to play as an amateur in the U.S. Open and he gets, whatever, 10th. Okay, he doesn't get any money, but I don't understand why he wouldn't get at least FedEx points for that. I mean, those are those don't count for anything, so, I you know, or don't count for anything monetarily wise. So I don't understand. Just unfortunate. It's um hopefully he just makes a run on the Corn Ferry playoffs, and he's in here next year, and and all that stuff. And I and I feel like he will be because he's coming in hot. You know, most people when they go to the Corn Ferry, they're going there not on a on a high note. He's going there on a you know on playing well. So I expect him to to go into their playoffs and and do well. But it it's kind of sorry, you know. I don't. I don't know. Hell,
1: I'd I'd be pissed if I was on the Corn Ferry tour. This ringer's rolling down there. Yeah, just be, lost you one know. spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's tight. Somebody's gonna somebody whoever the number twenty five or twenty six guy is on the Corn Ferry is not wanting Victor Hovland to come down and and play in the finals. That is, that is for sure. Chad Chad's not gonna not gonna like it when he's battling for the uh, spot on tour next year. But there's quite a few people that I noticed um, were lost. Berger, they said Daniel Berger did doesn't have his card, but. I think he has some kind of medical, possible medical exemption for next year. But still, he's going to go, I guess he's going to play in some Corn Fairy stuff. You've got, who else am I forgetting? You have uh, Bo Hostler, who was highly touted, suffered a horrendous, as you all remember, horrendous injury in college. Tore his Um, shoulder. A
1: full
2: shoulder reconstruction.
1: I mean, it's a miracle he can even swing a club now, but... You Was know. that initial injury due to shoving ribs in his face, or <laughs> how did he get that The go, Was golf-related? The golden pear, as somebody aptly named him <laughs> around that
0: time. One of my favorite nicknames I've ever heard. But yeah. But anyways, he, another— he's like,
1: he's like Rom. If Rom had a little less self-esteem, he would look like Hostler.
0: <laughs> and he's a, a 30-foot drain from Ian Poulter at the Houston Open last year from being on tour, so— he, he probably would have won period. the
2: Masters if he got in the next week. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> he was riding high, and but several people. I mean, it's 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 hard out there, and you're seeing some bigger name guys that you wouldn't, you know, even Aaron Wise, who won Rookie of the Year, is not too high up on the uh, on the FedEx points. He was battling for those those spots. I think Pat Perez was the 125 guy on the number. So, anyways, it'll be inter- interesting to keep up with the corn fairy stuff and see where all those guys land. And speaking of Hovland, that brings you to the the rookie class. I don't know that anything's changed too much on the rookie of the year class, but I'll be anxious to see kind of, you know, who will who will come out victorious. And that is the first year that I've cared about it. I don't. I can tell you how long, Steve. What do you think about the uh, rookie class? Still, every week seems like.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like a, a pretty strong class. At, at kind of how you just went down, though. Some of these guys you might never, they might be folding shirts in four or five years. But for now, I mean, you got to think, you know, Wolf, Morikawa, Hovland, Sun J.M., Adam Long, Wyndham Clark. Those guys are going to have long careers. Cameron Champ, who knows? But, uh, I mean, to to think that Cameron Champ might be the sixth best of all those guys, seventh best maybe even, is kind of crazy.
0: Oh, could you imagine a a scenario that you inform the PGA Tour media guys in December that Cameron Champ would not even be in the top five uh, of the rookie class they would have no way you could have convinced anybody because he was I mean featured group every other week it seemed like after his win and he's
1: he's going to be a forgotten guy in the rookie of the year yeah the only way the only way that I would have thought that could possibly happen is if he took a first class flight to Europe groped a woman and peed in the middle of an aisle you know and got suspended by the tour that was I mean otherwise you figure the guy could have at least collected more than a solo top ten all year.
0: <laughs> oh, Thorbjorn! Yeah, that was. Uh, you got any uh, more on that story, fats? I know you. Uh, he's one of your guys, so I didn't know if you. Uh, uh, it's kind. You of, it's kind of that. your area of expertise, well, <laughs> besides the gambling stuff.
2: Well, I I thought Thorbjorn meant Thunder Bear, not. Well, it's a. Is this a family show? Can I say <laughs> what I want to say or not? I don't know. But we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Um, I. Going back to the rookies for a minute i I regretted not mentioning sun j m last week because I was telling you about him in october i I saw him play one tournament mm-hmm. one round and sent you a message and said he's going to be a president's cup problem for the foreseeable future I, I mean as if the president's Cup is ever really much of a problem, but it, they're slowly getting better you've got him coming up sure. you've got neiman coming up you've got a couple of young guys that will i think will slowly make it more competitive as, as more worldwide golfers start to play uh and then i felt bad when it looked like he was gonna win the tournament after two rounds last week but he just grinds and grinds and grinds he's played 32 tournaments already Goodness. i don't know how many how many has tiger played like 12, 11, I don't know. Sanjay plays every single week, and he's showing up playing courses that he's seen for the first time and uh, is is similar to those other rookies just getting out here. The more he sees a course, the better he's playing, and I'm really curious to see how he does next year getting his second look at a lot of these courses.
0: Yeah, that is that is grinding. That's a lot of golf to be playing. So, I mean, good for him, though, but he's he's just riding – if you got a hot streak, you might as well just keep riding it. And he's consistent. seems like how many, I wonder how many cuts he's made. It seems like he makes every cut almost, or his percentage he is has got to be way up there. 23
2: of 32.
0: Okay. Well, and he went through a little dip
1: in the summer, but now he's made seven
2: of his last eight. Okay.
1: That's, he's over- overshadowed by a lot of those other guys because he doesn't have a win, but he's got seven top tens, which is more than double any other guy in the, in the rookie class.
0: Yeah not not you know not as flashy and not as you know attention grab wolf's got wolf's kind of the perfect storm of all that with his swing and and Gank is coaching him and anybody that's been on instagram that likes golfs known about wolf since he was prepubescent so it's kind of cool everybody's
1: got he's got that built-in following but you know but, him, but good him. lord tell you i mean colin murakawa three top tens and seven starts yeah did, did, you called that one right I've I've been high on Morikawa for a year.
0: I saw a swing on YouTube just pop up, and I'm a fan of those guys that got the strong club face position. You got a bowed wrist or you got a strong grip, it sure is easier to play golf from that position. He's got a awesome swing, and he hits it dead straight and plays a little fade and just flushes everything. He's a very, very good ball striker and just was going to be one of those guys that's just – I don't know how his putter is going to be, but I don't see him – ever being in too much trouble when you hit it hit it like he does so it's pretty pretty cool to see Um happy to see these these kids but on tour and
2: he's another guy he came out t35 at the u.s open um i saw the hovland numbers he was t12 at the u.s open t32 at augusta they there was no learning curve for these
0: guys they came out no. ready to play and are not looking back and that is wild i mean you've you've mentioned it too just to show up on these courses playing against guys that have been playing these courses for 10 or 15, 20 years and, and to show up and just be rookies and play with them and, and, and beat them and, and look just like, not only like they belong, like, like they're guys, like they're, they're people that, you know, you gotta, you gotta be, pay attention to on the leaderboard is, is pretty wild. So a lot, a lot of talent out there for sure. So thanks to see how they, how they do in the, you know, who knows how hot they, they might get hot from here on out too. So, Speaking of, we're going up north this week. Um, fast. you've got plenty of of course history probably, so why don't you get us started off on uh, Liberty National this week? It's a little limited, more than,
2: more than it was when we were talking about the Open Championship, but they're playing at Liberty National Golf Club. It's a par 71, 7,370 yards. It is in Jersey City, New Jersey, with the most beautiful skyline and golf, juxtaposed with the trashiest crowd. I am really looking forward to see what those clever derelicts come up with this week. I want to know what they're screaming after somebody's tee shots. I want some getting the bunkers. I want some getting the rivers. I I want some getting the Statue of Liberty. And then I want them all to shut up. But I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, They've played here twice before. 2009, you can throw out that the players hated the course in 2009. I saw a quote from Tiger afterwards and I asked him how he liked the course. And he basically said, it's, it's interesting. And then they changed a lot, softened some of the greens. I believe they widened some of the fairways and and put in graduated rough and came back in 2013. So 2013 is really the only course history i would look at and even that is limited they did play the president's cup here in 2017 but again i'm not really sure how much you can take from that the way they set some of those things up but what i did notice from some of the leaderboards uh, the main takeaway is that this is a ball strikers course in 2013 adam scott won the winning score was minus 11 and the cut was even so it's it's not a shootout and it's not a putting contest Uh, Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, Graham Dillette, and Tiger all finished T2 in 2013. Those are five guys that just, those are strong iron players. So I'm looking at guys who, it's similar to the FedEx breakdown, the WGC breakdown I gave a couple of weeks ago. When you look at some of the strokes gained splits, ball striking is again about 56% of the strokes gained in 2013 the short game was around 44 percent which was the exact same percentage breakdown from the WGC FedEx the only difference is off the tee is a little more important here or was a little more important here in 2013 than it has been historically in Memphis so again it's ball strikers solid iron players and I'm also going to be looking a little more, not necessarily, I wouldn't say bombers, but guys who are a little longer off the tee, but not too wild that graduate graduated rough. I talked about, um, if, if you're just off the fairway, you're not gonna get in too much trouble. The further you get off the fairway, you get into some four, four and a half inch rough. And there's, I think there's 10 water hazards on this course. If you're playing from the rough, it's going to be hard to score there. They're smaller than average greens, but they're bent grass. So I miss Bermuda this week, but they're bent grass. Um, So they're going to play a little softer because, and and a little smaller, a little softer, and they've been getting a lot of rain the last month or so. So that's going to make them even softer as well. I know we talked about a little bit earlier. I didn't know if you really had much more to say on the, the bent grass Bermuda difference.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, bent grass is, I mean, for a long time, it was kind of the the gold standard, at least sort of on the East coast. That's what you wanted golf course greens to be. Um, it's really everywhere in the South. I see bent grass greens. Um, with the exception of Augusta national, they just struggle. And, and I think, you know, whether it's global warming or whatever, uh, they're going to have a hard time keeping any of those greens in the South. And I know you're up in New York, New Jersey, whatever, but, they have to, I assume they are water and they've gotten a lot of rain. They're having to w- crazy water those things to make it look good. Cause the PGA is not going to want to browned out course on TV in one of their major, not major championships, but one of their, their playoff events, uh, it's going to play soft, I would imagine. Those bent grass greens are supposed to be the smoothest putting surface, uh, really consistent. I would imagine that would kind of bring some of the putters together, where it, you know, less of a deviation from the worst to the best. Um, and and again, just assuming that the place is going to play pretty soft. There's just almost no way to get those bent grass greens in the middle of the summer super hard without them being dead. Um, Augusta National right now, I haven't been down there lately, but they usually tent the bent grass greens during the heat of the summer. They're that, they're that sort of sensitive. Uh, they tent them and blow air through them to make sure they're, they stay cool enough. And I mean, it, I, I don't know the the weather's got to be in the nineties up in New York or New Jersey, right? Yes. Yeah. It's up there. So.
0: Yeah. I, it's always interesting to go up to, um, to that part of the country after they've been, been into the South and just kind of see the, see the differences and how it plays and all that. And they will be like, you know, we've talked about wet in the mornings and, and gettable, and I don't know, and and the fans up north—they're quite a a different breed for golf tournaments. They can get a little bit rowdy, so it'd be anxious to see kind of kind of how that. Works and I'll throw out I'll
1: throw in a couple of things on Liberty National that I thought were interesting when I kind of did a little research on the golf course. First off, obviously it's a recently built golf course, 2006. A couple, a kind of an interesting membership: um, Rudy Giuliani, Robert Kraft. Eli Manning, you, that's the kind of suggest that there's a left-handed golfer from California that's a member there. Uh, there's also Justin Timberlake, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it looks like they're throwing out some vanity memberships to kind of kind of plug the place a little bit. Um, the The place was a couple of things before it was a golf course: a Standard Oil refinery, mm. a World War II munitions storage facility, and an Italian internment camp. So I don't know how that's going to affect Francisco Molinari this week. I mean, he may have some problems um, you know, with that. Uh, the fact that it is built on a former landfill means that it could be anywhere in New Jersey, but it does <laughs> occupy a very nice piece of real estate. Uh, I mean, it's like four miles or so from the Statue of Liberty. Uh, so it's going to be some beautiful, beautiful backdrops they will only point those cameras in one direction and that is towards New York. Um, they will never give you the 180 view of that. Um, or you'll just see not former landfills, but actual landfills.
0: <laughs> well, that is, that, that's the kind of dive course dive that you can only expect from the, uh, the force carry podcast there with the, uh, the history and the uh, Italian internment camps is, uh, you got some gambling stuff for this week with tears and you doing draft King models this week. And, and how, how's that breaking down fats? So
2: I am going to start at the top with a 12 player group. This is going to be the guys from 9,000 with tiger woods, all the way up to Brooks Kepka, your highest price golfer in the field at 12,000. What you'll notice first is 12,000 is that's as high as you'll ever see anyone. Uh, the next, Highest golfer, highest price golfer is Rory. He may be the next highest, I don't know. The next highest priced is Rory at 11.4. And then another big drop to DJ at 10.7. So you are really paying up if you want to play Brooks this week. But you can't get away with it because 122 player field, top 70 and ties are making the cut. So only 50 or so guys, 52 guys are going to miss the cut. So you can get a little riskier with guys at the bottom to take more of a studs and duds or stars and scrubs approach. If you really want to pay up for one of those top guys, I I probably will play Brooks because I like him this week. I like his, I like that the FedEx cup playoffs have been compressed. You, you're not going to get guys skipping tournaments. It's going to be a three tournament sprint. So you're going to have guys fighting to get close to the top 30 or into the top 30 this week to have a better chance of making it to atlanta and brooks if brooks plays well this week with the bump up in points with with it 2 points for a win instead of 500 for a normal tournament he could really limit the number of people that that even have a chance of catching him but rory would probably need the top five just to try to stay in striking distance i like brooks to be motivated the payout bump up for the FedEx champion going from 10 million up to 15 million just another reason for Brooks to be motivated I know we talk about we like to laugh about Brooks only showing up for majors I liked him at the FedEx or at yeah the WGC FedEx a couple of weeks ago I like him to show up again this week because I think 1.7 million payout and he's looking at that 15 million three weeks from now Brooks likes money He's going to show up this week. But my favorite guy in this group is going to drop down a little bit more. My favorite player in this group is Patrick Cantley at 9,200. He ranks out the number one guy in my model this week. I even like him. I normally would not bet people with odds oh, this low, but I'm going to take him at 22 to 1 for an outright. couple of comparisons that I've seen doing some research. They They've compared Liberty National – to Memorial, where Cantley won earlier mm-hmm. this year. They've compared it a little to Pebble because you can lay back off the tee and you're going to be looking at a lot of long irons into smallish greens. And it is, it is on the coast. You can get some wind issues depending on uh, what the weather does. And he disappointed at the U.S. Open, but it was mainly his Thursday Friday rounds. He played well on the weekend. So I like Cantley. Another FedEx Cup... Kind of narrative that I like guys who have won earlier in the year and are playing well late in the year. So, especially with the lack of course history, I'm going to lean on form. And it just seems that once these playoff events start, the cream rises to the top. You're not going to see a lot of long odds win this tournament now I, I'll give you some numbers on some some guys that I like at long odds to look at but I really think that it's going to be a a premier player is going to win the tournament this week so I don't mind taking a look at Cantley at 22 to 1
0: to win outright yeah my second oh, okay ahead. go ahead I was going to talk about we we joke about Brooks but you can't get motivated for a a fifteen million dollar uh, person about three weeks, and you can you could really put a stranglehold on the field with a yep. big a big tournament this week. He's uh, I got no issues, no worries about Brooks being motivated to to go out there and play in a regular tournament for sure. Well, so. if he
1: if he hears that it's the playoffs, I mean, he is a linebacker, you know. I mean, <laughs> so he probably is going to want to, you know. It's when it's when you make your make your bread in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the
2: closest to a real athlete he'll be able yeah. to feel.
0: <laughs> and it can't like Yeah, if if you say it's a ball strikers course, then and he he fits the mold of that. I mean, he's been one of the most consistent ball strikers and players this this whole year. So you'd have to like. I him. mean,
2: in basically every statistical category I'm looking at, he he's top ten in approach. He's top ten off the tee. He's top ten in birdies or better. He's top ten in grap- DraftKings points. He's top ten in bogey avoidance. He's top ten strokes gained around the green. Every single, every single statistical category I'm looking at, he's top ten except for putting, and he's twenty second in it. Oh, wow. So there, there's nothing, there's nothing not to like about him. My second favorite guy in this group is going to be Webb Simpson at ninety four hundred, and he's similar. He's another guy that's just thirteenth in approach. 34th off the tee, but he hits fairways. It's got to be mainly distance related and He hits his irons longer than he hits his driver Uh, A lot of people will look at his off the tee or driving distance numbers and think think he's a just a short hitter I wonder how much he dials back off the tee to keep it in play because he hits his irons a long way So he's 13th in approach. He's the second best putter in the field Fifth birdies are better. Second in DraftKings points. 19th in bogey avoidance. He's not going to give you very many big numbers. Kind of what I talked about: wanting players to find the fairway to be able to have a better chance of hitting greens in regulation, avoid some of that water. Webb's just going to avoid trouble. He's safe. He's safe for cash games. And then I also like him in tournaments, just because I think he has upside. He's he's finished second. I think he's got three seconds in his last five starts, so he has enough upside that you, there are enough guys lower in the price range that you can start your lineups with Webb and Cantley at 94 and 9200 and still have a ton of money to spend throughout the rest of your lineup if you want to avoid that Brooks Rory DJ paying up. One guy that I will pay up for the fourth highest guy in the price range John Rahm he's 10,400 and he's my third favorite guy so those are the main three that I will play in this top top tier a couple that I would fade the first is going to be DJ I, I don't know what's wrong with DJ we thought that coming back to America would help him and Austin actually be able to do some math and figure out some distances but he's still something's just off he he's even losing strokes off the tee and DJ never loses strokes off the tee he's top two or three drivers in the world and has been for i don't know the last eight ten years and then the other guy that i will fade in this group and it's not because rory murdered him right before we got on here but it's gonna be matt kuchar i i don't like him he's going in the wrong direction he was he was super hot earlier in the year one twice and the last few events so the model i'm looking at i like to use a large range to kind of set up baseline performance so the stats i'm looking at if you want to go over the last 50 rounds he's ninth in my model so he's something that somebody that you would be interested in playing dig down a little deeper the last 24 rounds he's 17th the last 12 rounds he's 57th he's going the wrong way and i don't think he's going to be able to keep up with these other guys at the top uh but if anything this may be ridiculous but i would rather play tiger at 9,000. Than Kuchar at 9100. It's going to be warm this week. Maybe you can actually get limber and get loose. But I, I would rather play Cantley at 9,200 or Tiger at nine thousand before Kuchar at 9100.
0: Steve, what's the deal with DJ? You South Carolina guys, you got you seem to have a good pulse
1: on uh on DJ usually. What's going on? What's going on with DJ? Well, I mean he's had a pretty good year. I know that he has not exactly had a great, you know, a DJ maybe level year, but he. You know, he had a second at the PGA, second at the Masters.
0: Oh, no, he started off I mean, good. He's just been he's been off lately, and you, off in ways you've never seen him off. Like, he can't hit it. I, I'm
1: not sure he may, has may, better than a top 20 since the PGA. Top 20 at the Canadian is all, all – sixty Yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I watch him play. He just – it's hard to say with DJ because he doesn't have any emotions, it seems like, but mm-hmm. he just doesn't seem to be really into it. And um, I don't know. I, I, I've always said that if DJ had a real caddy, that he'd have a, probably a couple more majors and 10 more wins on the tour. I, you know, I just I feel like he's out there alone. And when it's when it, when something breaks down, um, you know, he, he doesn't he's out there on his own. I'm a big DJ fan. Hope he pulls it back together, but this does not seem like the the time of year that he's going to pull it together. To me, DJ knows he's through with the majors and he's just kind of going to put it on cruise control to collect a big, nice, big fat check.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about, well, I don't, might've been our first or second podcast, how he has gone back to his old teacher or Claude, I guess they kind of reunited. So he wouldn't do that if everything was peachy keen. So he knew, he knew back then something was just a little off, and maybe just something just a little off. He'll get it figured out, no big deal. But he—he's very un DJ like when you start giving, he starts giving away strokes off the tee and ball striking. That's if DJ's doing that, he's—he's he's not going to be a, a factor on the leaderboard for sure, because that's where he makes his money off the tee box.
1: Yeah, his only wins this year have been international—one in Saudi, and then he won the Mexico Championship. So that's pretty unusual for a guy that—I mean, there's are wins, but. I mean, he's won every year. It's Something crazy, like twelve straight years. He's got. Win. I mean, so yep. that he hasn't won in the U.S. this year is pretty incredible. That that probably means he's due for a win, though, right? That's one way to look at it. The eternal
0: optimist. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, a Col-
1: he's a Columbia guy, man. You know, he'll he'll
0: figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> what about what about? I missed the uh, Kuchar or Rory stuff, Steve or Fats. What did what, what did I miss on that? You you talked about Rory murdered him or
1: something. I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to explain without the visual, but uh, it was the goofiest. Some of these, Kuchar is just the goofiest guy. Let me tell you something. Uh, my friend Spencer told me the other day we were talking about how guys on tour look like complete dorks now. You know they dress just like weirdos. I mean, you know they're wearing joggers and high tops. I was talking about how I love Nikes, but I can't seem to I can't wear those shoes that Brooks wears. It looks like spaceship. And he goes, you know who dresses good? It was Coocher, Spencer, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He looks like he's like, he look, he looks like a suburban dad that is mowing the grass wearing slacks. He's killing and, it in those Sketchers. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 really, See, I mean, and he's got that that you know grin on his face all the time, and so he's standing around at some PGA event, and I guess they're handing out Wyndham points. It was one of the lamest things. If you haven't seen it, I'd suggest you look it up. I think they had monogrammed Wyndham robes behind them. Like, oh, oh, these guys are all worth 50 million bucks. Let's give them a terry cloth robe from the Wyndham in Greensboro, North Carolina. So they're all standing in front of this thing, and he says something like, hey, Rory, clip me and by some event and you know, and he won that ended up winning him $300,000. I'm never going to forgive him for that. And Rory goes, yeah, we know how much Kuchar likes money. (laughs) I assume. And I did see a better take. It said, if he would have just been, and it was right off the top of his tongue. If he would have just said, ah, don't worry, man, you can get that back from your caddy next year. Um, (laughs) Kuchar might've just walked away. I mean, and the the Kuchar's, the look on his face was just like the same look you think it was. It was kind of like, I don't even get it. What do you What do you even mean? What are you talking about? You know, like it just just was. I suggest you look it up because I, Kuchar just again. He's the suburban dad that stumbles out of the garage and he's like, oh, I had fourteen bush lights in here last night. Now I've only got three. Did some of the neighborhood killed steal them or what? <laughs> he's every every like
0: middle-aged white guy starter kit meme just rolled into one and that spencer i was ready to give spencer his props for battling back after we trashed so him I, last week so and you're gonna
1: tell me that he jumped on this on the Kucher dress bandwagon it, 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 and spencer's not he's a decently dressed guy unless he wears orange you know clemson gear but it's uh i mean he I, i'm just i can't imagine looking at Kucher and be like that guy looks put
0: together Goodness, Spencer. Get it together, man. <laughs> uh, anyways, enough of that. Who else you got on the uh, – that was a good, really good breakdown of some of those players, though, when you are talking about kind of the – because a lot of people will kind of look at – especially myself, i look at, like, statistics from just a macro level, and I don't really pay attention to uh, which way the game's going because it's kind of hard to find those, those stats. So that's, that's good to know on some of those guys that, uh, you know – in a vacuum or whatever, have had a great year of ball striking, but are, are just might be going completely the wrong way right now. So anyways.
2: So I said last week that I normally like the $8,000 range, and I hated it last week, which almost came back to bite me with Ben on and a couple other players in that price range playing really well. This week, I like it a lot more. You've got how many 12 guys going from Xander all the way down to Steve's favorite, Jordan Spieth. So I think Steve can guess already who my fate is going to be in this price range. My favorite guy at $8,000 is Billy Horschel. He's another guy that I will look at for an outright at 60 to 1. His top five is at plus 800, and his top 10 is at plus 450. I'm not sure I'll bet either of those. Probably not the top five for sure. I may bet the top 10, but I'll put a little on him at 60 to 1. For outright and he's a guy that just he gets hot this time of year he's another guy that he's strong off the tee strong approach strong throughout his bag 14th best putter on bent grass he's 13th in DraftKings points not making bogeys he's, he's just very solid throughout the bag and when he gets on a heater he can ride it for a while my second favorite guy in the group and i'm hoping that for the first time some of these rookies are playing in a field this strong that it evens out their ownership percentage. They've been really popular the last few weeks because they've been some of the best players, biggest names in the field. Morikawa was priced up at the very top last week. He's down at 8,500 this week. He's between Bryson at 8,600 and Hideki at 8,400. Finau at 8,300. Day at 8,200. I'm hoping some of those big names, some guys kind of, Get off of Morikawa because I'm all over him this week. He's first in the field, strokes gained approach. He's third in birdies or better, fourth in DraftKings points. He's my second favorite guy in this price range, and and I like Hideki. I do like Hideki and Adam Scott. There's probably I'd probably put them tied for third in this price range. Hideki at 8,400 and Scott at 8,800. But but I like you you could play Xander at eighty nine and I don't have a problem with it. Even internment camp or not, you could play Molinari (laughs) at eighty seven hundred, and I wouldn't mind it. Really, the the only guys that I will avoid, and the uh, the only one I haven't mentioned is Patrick Reed at eighty one hundred, and he was just a bad Saturday last week from being right there at the end. So Spieth at eight thousand, I will fade. Finau at eighty three hundred, I do not like. Everyone else in this price range, then you you can play, but you have to pick. And my favorites are going to be Horschel. One statistically, I like him, and then two at eight thousand, he's just the cheapest guy in this price range, and then Morikawa at eighty five hundred because statistically he's popping, and I think his ownership percentage is going to be depressed being in the middle of these big names. So I think that can get you some leverage in tournaments, and then Scott and Hideki would be my third and fourth guys.
1: I uh, I've got to drop a little red flag in here for you on one of your picks. All right. Um, I am sorry to report that Colin Marikawa goes off at 8.16 a.m. with J.B. Holmes and Kevin Nye. Oh, no. Um, They should be rounding 8.16 tee time. They should be finishing up around 3.45 in the afternoon. is a young guy. Maybe he's got the patience for that, but just just know that uh, the round killers – Kevin Nye and JB Holmes are both in there. With
2: well, us. he's going to be hitting first from the tee, last from the fairway,
1: and last from the green all day long. So he's going to have a lot of waiting. Hey, look, I, I, you can defend your pick if you want. I just wanted. To, I just. I feel really bad for the guy. I think everybody knows we love the young guys, uh, but that's not a great pairing for anybody.
0: Oh, that New York crowd and JB this week is going to be. <laughs> It's be yeah, something. there's
2: there's always a chance JB just walks off the course after like six holes, so maybe that they, they can get back in position.
1: Well, they are playing on the site of a former landfill, and he looks like a garbage man, so
0: <laughs>
1: you might feel right at home and you know be comfortable and not have to take so long. Poor JB.
0: Yeah, I like all those guys too. Hey, um, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna let Spieth embarrass me anymore. So I'm gonna fade him right along with you if it's a. Uh, ball strikers course i can't get on the billy horschel train but that's just because he's billy i have no statistical evidence to back that up just cannot pull for billy horschel i was i
2: was right there with you it's funny how playing daily sports or daily fantasy sports and gambling will make you agnostic on guys that you loved or hated before i couldn't stand zach johnson until he just started racking up top 20 after top 20 after top 20 last year and now i've come to respect him it's another thing with pga tour live i, I know that there are a lot of people who watch it just degenerate wise and there aren't many people waking up at seven o'clock on the thursday morning to watch guys play a full round of golf but you really get an appreciation for guys when you see Every single shot, every single hole they play, and watch how some of them maneuver around a course for an entire round. Uh, I haven't played a ton of golf, but I feel like I've learned more about it. Just watching a guy watching guys like Z j and Horschel, who aren't the most talented guys who have to think their way around courses and and who have to just watching them for a full round has up my appreciation for them
0: don't tell don't tell Billy Horschel he's not talented. I remember <laughs> five or six years ago Billy Horschel said after a broadcast that he guarantees that he could today run a four six electronic time forty in
1: a, a forty yard dash that's as, that's the level of athleticism speed. he had yeah
2: but, well he's a he's a Florida guy,
1: yeah, Yeah. So. yeah I, I talking about uh, Kuchar, uh his old man gear. I will say Billy Horschel, pretty sharp dresser.
0: I go, I go a couple, yeah, wingtip shoes. Not everybody can pull them off, and I don't know, you know, I give him a, I give him a B on his wing. He's not, I don't love him on Billy, but but overall, I would say that his his clothing's way better than most on tour. That's that is for sure.
1: So just shooting real quick to the pairings: Spieth paired with Wolf. The first two rounds that'll Ooh, be that'll be entertaining. That is an inter- interesting pairing, uh, and Str- and Kevin Streelman, whoever that is,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be uh, well, it'd be fun to watch because Spieth probably makes some birdies and he'll probably look great on Friday, Thursday and Friday. So at least you can watch him play two days before it. Is there an MDF this week? Is it possible statistically? Probably not. So if he makes a cut, it? maybe he can get two more rounds out of it.
1: What are the odds that by the end of the round on Friday, Jordan Hitch hat is attempting that little hitch move that Wolf is off the tee? <laughs> just giving just giving it a shot to see if it might might keep him in bounds.
0: Yeah, the little pre-shot pump, I maybe. Mean, whatever, try something. So, anyways, that's that is a good tier of, of players. Um, who else you got?
2: So dropping down to the 7k range, it it's a huge range. So I'm not gonna go over a ton of these guys. I'll just give you uh the guys I like the most and some of their some of their numbers to to give you a little more gambling talk. My favorite guy in the price range is Joaquin Neiman. He's at 101 to win outright. And I said earlier that you you like the cream rising to the top in these events. He's been playing so well and is so close. And he's another one of those, if he won or or played really well, he would fit the bill of another one of those young guys, excuse me, not in the same class, uh, like graduating class as Hovland, Wolf, and Morikawa. He's, he's a year before them, but he would fit right in with them It's just another very talented guy who had success from the moment he stepped out on tour, had a little bump in the road earlier this year, but it seems to have gotten that back on track, and it's just been rolling the last two months. Uh, the 101 outright, he's plus 1,600 for a top five, plus 800 for a top 10, plus 350 for a top 20. So I'll probably look at him for the top 20 and top 10 as well. My second favorite guy in the group is Brian Harmon. He's 110 to one outright. I'm not, well, I will put a a small nibble on that, but I'm looking at him for a top 20 at plus 500. He's another guy that seems to get on these streaks and can ride them. He's been very hot the last few weeks. Drop down a little bit more. And this is another guy who's just a supreme ball striker. He, he was a great putter last year, and has been god-awful this year. But he's great on bent grass. If you look at him, his last 50 rounds overall, he's 119th in the field putting. His last 50 rounds just on bent grass, he's sixth in the field. It's Emiliano Grillo. He's, he's going to pound fairways. His proximity number is great. He's good around the green. If he can make some putts, he has a chance to be there on the weekend. And he's another young guy with a huge pedigree that has won on the PGA Tour before, has had a down year, but is starting to trend in the right direction. And I I like to take a chance on him on bent grass. So he's 150 to one outright, and he's another top 20 at plus 500 that I will bet. Then to jump up towards the top of the price range, I like Mark Leishman at 7,800. He's 60 to one outright, and I'm looking at it. I'm, I haven't decided if I will bet that or not. But it will not surprise me if he shows up and wins this week. He he was third at the FedEx a few weeks back. He's another guy that's just solid off the tee, solid approach. Very good bent grass putter. Very good putter overall. He he avoids mistakes, and he's very good around the green. So that 60-1 to outright, plus 500 for a top 10. I will bet the top 10, whether I bet that outright or not. Uh, and then another couple of names just worth looking at. Woodland, I like. I wonder... I wonder how much better he plays or worse he plays since the twins were born. Uh, I think it's been around 12 days ago or so at this point. He got the big win at the U.S. Open and then just fell off the map, which, I mean, it makes sense. There's going to be a natural letdown after winning the major. And combine that with the, the pregnancy issues that he and his wife had, the last time giving birth. And then he had twin girls on the way. Like he just had more than golf on his mind. And I wonder if there's kind of a, a deep breath relax. And then I wonder if just being, cause they're not traveling with him yeah, the other two weeks old. So I wonder if actually being away from them as much as I'm sure he misses them. If he's actually getting a couple of good nights sleep and, and the course seems to fit him. You talk about ball striking. He, he proved at Pebble that he can, he can club down off the tee and still be just fine his his iron play is elite elite he makes a ton of birdies of av- avoids mistakes he's he's a guy that the course fits really well and statistically over the long haul it should fit him but he just he hasn't he's been playing so poorly the last 12 rounds that you look at the numbers and aren't really sure what to do with him and, and I, there's no way to know but I would not avoid him completely just because he hasn't been playing well, because I think there's a good chance that he actually is relaxed and has a load off after all a of, load off his shoulders after all of that.
0: Yeah, I'm not riding a new father on uh, any kind of any kind of golfing as somebody <laughs> that's got two uh, two kids. The golf game doesn't improve in the direct aftermath of having so children. You're out on Jonathan, I'm, I too? yeah, I'm out on that. When you were talking about Griot's putting on bent, is is that? Is he, is he just better putting on bent than Bermuda because he's so bad at Bermuda? Or are those is he just actually a good putter compared to the field on bent? I've missed kind of. So,
2: so the way I am working my putting model this week, I took the last 50 rounds on all surfaces. So this is just how players have been putting the last few months. And he's 119th. He's been god-awful. Then I also took, the last 50 rounds just on bent. So th- so this is just on bent grass. It's not compared to Bermuda and Poets. It's just on bent, and he's sixth in the field. And then I, I'm doing a weighted average between the two numbers. So I am weighing a third on their last 50-round baseline, and then I'm weighing two-thirds of their last 50 rounds on Bermuda. He comes out to 33rd in the field. If he's the 33rd best putter this week, then I think he's a lot for a top 20. Um, it, it may not play out that way, but that is the way that I am running my putting model this week.
0: Yeah, this is the kind of uh, content that I hope you people love with the uh, Force Carry podcast when Fats does a deep dive on his own... His own model of strokes gained bent green for Emiliano Grio to try to find some value there with the weighted averages of his last however many rounds is a uh, is good stuff really is really good well,
2: stuff. And so. It's kind of what I meant to go in a little deeper and ask both of you earlier, and Steve kind of covered it. So it, it there's a definitely a comfort that you need to put on Poa, and there's a comfort you need to put on Bermuda. To me, it seems that. Anyone should be able to putt on dink grass. What you see is what you get. But So I don't know that it necessarily – the bad putters will putt better this week, and the good putters will still putt very well. I just think those bad putters will rise up and close that gap between the best putters in the field, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: And all the uh, ball marking stuff – Fixing, fixing divot or fixing ball marks and all that kind of stuff, that new rule, that really will help you. Uh, bent greens, especially, you know, late in rounds, early in rounds if it's wet, all that kind of stuff. That that kind of stuff makes more of a difference, you know, on bent than it does, you know, some of the other surfaces too. So that'll for sure help. But anyway, so that's some good stuff on a uh, griot.
1: One, one more thing while we're uh, hitting, bent, you know, while we're pounding the greens into the ground, um, to keep the greens looking good. And make, you know, that's important for the PGA on TV. They may have to raise the mowing heights a little bit on the bent to keep it healthy looking on TV. And um, I know that seems like a random thing, but I could see the greens getting a little slow, um, especially, you know, Saturday or so when they kind of have to keep them. They don't want to lose the green. So just look out for that. It might not be quite as quick as they, they would like for those greens to be. Fats, you got See, any
0: uh, stroke gain stimp numbers that you've di- <laughs> done a dive in over plus no, two of the of a ten uh, normal it average stimp? Seems to be
2: that they're going to be rolling between twelve and twelve and a half, mm. but I've and not I've not dug deep <laughs> enough to know how that compares to any of the other or most of the other bent courses that uh, they play.
0: That's good. Um, how, what what tier of like draft king people would those fall under? What what price range type guys? So these are seven? these are going to be
2: in the seven K range. They're all between seven thousand and seventy nine hundred, and it's a it's a huge tier. It is a total of thirty eight guys. So that's why I said there's there's no need to go. I could give you thoughts on anyone in the group specifically, where's but where's Bradley? He is at seventy one hundred, and he's a guy who you look at that that overall baseline that I set he shows up pretty well he's just not been playing well the last 24 and 12 rounds so he's in the he's barely in the top 100 in yeah. my model for the last uh 24 and 12 rounds so he's a guy that i I will not be playing this week
0: flashes in the northeast though throughout his career he so does I went I didn't know he' just popped into my mind so I didn't know I,
2: I yeah. will play him at the travelers every year
0: and some
2: other courses that ball striking really seems to stand out, which this this course normally would, he just hasn't been playing well enough recently for me to be on in this
1: week. I'll give you uh, two guys with zero statistical uh, background to back it up. Uh, Patrick Reed and Rory Sabatini. Um, <laughs> Sabatini's been strong.
2: I, I like Savatini. He's at 7,700. He's a guy in this price range that I will definitely play uh, his weakest stat in the ones that I'm looking at is approach and he's still top half of the field approach. He's very good off the tee. He's a good putter. Uh, both on bent and just in general, he's been scoring a ton of DraftKings points and he is not, he's not making bogeys. He's good around the green. There's, there's nothing not to like with Rory. And then Reed is a lot not to knock, not to knock about (laughs) Rory. Seventeen. There's plenty not to like about, but there's nothing to like about him off the course. And I mean, there's really not a lot to like it, like about him on the course other than like the millisecond that he's actually hitting the ball.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And man. then Reed is
2: Reed is uh, in the top ten of my model, and he's been he's been super hot the last
0: few weeks. Um, he's another guy that I will definitely be playing. I just won't be betting him. Is there any value anywhere below seven thousand? Are there any anything?
2: The, there are a couple of guys. So the the deepest name that I'm going to give anyone to look at as far as actually betting is going to be Cameron Tringali for a top Ooh. twenty. At plus 800, he's a guy that he he was a, quite a... I don't know that he was a great prospect, but he was a pretty good prospect.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Lost his swing, lost his card, worked his way back on the tour, and uh, he he's just a different guy. Uh, I think he is here to stick around for a few years now. He's not great off the tee, but not terrible. But his iron play has been tremendous uh all year long and then especially um the last 24 rounds he's 17th in the field he's making a ton of birdies he's sixth in the field in birdies or better the last 24 rounds 24th in DraftKings points um he's making some bogeys but not not compared to especially compared to the guys in this price range and then he's good around the greens, so uh, they're going to be guys missing these greens Especially if they're not playing from the fairway and he's top 30 in the field strokes gained around the green So he keeps the ball on the fairway Then I think he'll be fine this week I thought the same thing about peter malnati last week and he went and lost seven strokes tee to green Friday So you can't always go on that. That's why these guys are pricing the six thousand dollar range But at plus 800 I have seen enough to take that for a top 20 a couple of other guys down here that I will look at in daily. So my man Roger Sloan, he's at 6,400. <laughs> I won't be on him huge, but I'll play him a little bit. And then I like Sepp Straka. He is a guy who also has been, he's been playing well uh, the last the last few months, and he's he's much better on small sample size because he's a rookie but he's much better on bent than he is has been overall so he's 73rd in the field in putting but he's 30th on bent and he makes a ton of birdies he's what i was talking about earlier about looking for guys who are good off the tee but also are gonna give you a little more pop than i was looking at a few weeks back so he's 23rd in driving distance for the year and 20th in greens in regulation for the year, which is a good recipe this week. If he can control his driver, pick up some distance off the tee, keep hitting greens, putt better on bent, then I think he's got a chance to return plenty of value on DraftKings. He's made his last four cuts with a third, a second, a 26, and a 39. I don't know that you want to read too much into that because those fields were much, much weaker than this week's field is, but... At 6,600, you don't need him to finish in the top 20. You need him to make a cut, and especially this week with so few guys making or missing the cut compared to a normal event, you have to get six guys through the cut line to have any chance at taking down any of these big tournaments. So it's a couple of guys in the 6,000 price range, but by and large, I like enough guys – with Griot at 7,000, I like Furek at 7,100, I like Harmon at 7,200, and I like Kyle Stanley at 7,200, that I won't have to go too much lower than the 7,000 range
0: to fill out most of my lineups. And just, okay, so that that takes care of the kind of the DraftKings deal and just kind of as a refresher for people that might be listening that got lost um, through, through all the names that we picked, who are some of the of the plays cause you know you mention sometimes just the non-Draft King, just odds plays that you make, and I don't want people to miss out on that because not everybody plays DraftKings. So who are some of the names? Sure. Just non-Draft Kings, just whatever to one to win, or whatever type plays that you're looking at. So
2: I am going to bet Patrick Cantley at twenty-two to one to win. I will bet Billy Horschel and Mark Leishman at sixty to one to win. I will bet... Joaquin Neiman, and Emiliano Grio at a hundred and fifty to one to win, and then I will bet top twenties on Grio at plus five hundred, and Brian Harmon at plus five hundred.
0: Okay, that's a good that's a good breakdown for people that might not do the DraftKings. I guess we could probably, now that we've gone through the gambling stuff, I guess nobody really talked about Tiger much and. You know, it's kind of neat for Tiger to be in a tournament. We, d- we talked about it a few uh, weeks ago now. We didn't know if we'd see him again. So, Steve, do you have any kind of pulse on Tiger, any thoughts on what he's going to do this week? Just happy to see him play. Surely it's a good sign that he's playing, you know, so he's got
1: to feel at least good enough to play. It's a good sign that he's playing, and unless he misses the cut, um, he, needs to, I, he doesn't need to do anything. He's Tiger Woods, but it sure would be nice to see him come out and, and compete. Because uh, that the last few times we've we've seen him has has not exactly been promising. So uh, he's saying all the right things. It's going to be hot. That should be uh, good for him. And I would assume that he's able to sleep on the yacht this week. So that's always good when he's when he's able to hang out on privacy. Mm-hmm. And
2: he he was second when they played here in two thousand nine. He was second when they played here in 2013. And I don't know if there are many courses that he's played more than once or twice that he hasn't won yet, One at. So he's never won this event before. He's never won at this course. If I want to, I just want to, I want him to look healthy because they're going to Medina next week and he's played well there before. If, if he can just look healthy, then I'll feel a lot better about him, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't top 10 this week. Yes, thing about so, Tiger.
1: You can't really use course history cuz he's he's played good and won pretty much everywhere he's played. So, yep. Yeah. So, so something to think about with Tiger this week. Uh he's he's kind of the President's Cup qualifying finishes in two weeks or so, is that right? Yes. So he's the captain. He's got to justify being on that team. You know he wants to play. That's a little extra motivation for him, I think to I don't think the captains' picks have to be in in two weeks, but you know he, he's out there. I, I just saw a tweet while we're on this that it's just one of the funniest pictures I've ever seen in my entire life, because you know these the captains before you know leading up to this they gather all the teams, all the people that are potentially going to be on the team, and they start hanging out with them, playing. Who's going to be good pairing? So you know what's what's good? What's a good uh, you know what's the chemistry like? So he's got about twenty guys in this picture, all the people you would expect. The elite U.S. golfers. No Speeth. No Speeth. <laughs> I see Patrick Reed right here. Yeah. Uh, but I do not see any Speeth. Uh, maybe he took the picture. I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> I bet you that if Patrick Reed. You know, when people said, oh, well, you'll never see Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth paired again in an international tournament. Well, it, they didn't think it was because Jordan Spieth would never qualify for one ever again.
0: <laughs> very, but, it's
1: very possible. But I do, I, you, you know, that, that's something that, you know, these captains, they, they take that stuff seriously. There's a lot of off the course, you know, camaraderie, team building, you know, whatever that, that goes into it. And not just the guys that end up making the team. So are
2: Wolf or Morikawa in the picture?
1: Nope. I. I hope Morikawa is on the team. Well, he'd have to be a captain's pick. So he I would assume have to he's be... only. Yeah, he's only hanging out with guys that are you know because it's top eight. There's no way these guys can get in the top, isn't it? Re- isn't that right? Top eight, and then they pick four. That's the Ryder Cup deal, right? Or at least ten. So you're, it looks like they've got.
2: Yeah, top eight and four captain's picks.
1: Yeah, so so I, I seriously doubt, unless Morikawa like ran the table the next two weeks that he could qualify in that way. I would rather
2: use the President's Cup as practice for the Ryder Cup. I want some guys who are going to be on future Ryder Cup teams to go ahead and get some experience in that type of competition. And unless, I mean, it's it's too early. It's seven events, but I don't see Morikawa or Wolf going anywhere.
0: The thing about Tiger, I don't think he would have one problem picking somebody that's not the expected or brotherhood type pick. I Tiger does not strike me as the kind of guy that's gonna play buddy buddy favorites picking teams. I mean so it, it, I have no it's doubt it's not
2: a guarantee feel Ricky and Speath captains picks. I don't think like so give at all. give me more give me more wolf and you I over think, those three right now. I
0: think Tiger would love nothing more than to just not to just ruin Spieth even more than he already is um, right now and just leave him off and, and do the same thing to Phil and put more Coward and in front of him. I
1: don't think Tiger well, would bat an eye at that. It, it's, a, it's a funny picture because, uh, you know, I, I, you should definitely look it up. Because one of the things it shows you is uh, Brooks is standing sort of behind and next to Finau and and Kucher. Uh, he is not a linebacker. No. Um, and uh, Phil looks like an insane person who stumbled into the club (laughs) and i mean i I, he might he might have gone off his meds or on some meds or something but he literally looks like you know everybody else is pretty put together and he he looks like he's wearing an NWO shirt from the wrestling in the mid '90s. <laughs> he's coming in, powerbombing Kevin Nashing at the. Uh... <laughs> he's just uh, he's just thinking in his head, how I can't wait to put this on social media. What kind of Instagram interview of myself can I do about this? We didn't Did you to say to the course Phil used again?
2: to be a? Did you said the course used to be a munitions something like he just yeah. he got confused. He just came to drop bombs. That's right. <laughs> Here there was bombs on this on this place at one
1: point.
0: Well, we've made it another podcast out talking about Phil. We won't do that again, as we say, as we've said before. But yeah, it's a uh, interesting to see how Tiger. I think Tiger would be an awesome, awesome captain. They should just make him an honorary captain for the time being, because he he's not going to play the buddy buddy game. I don't think at all. So it'd be good to see. I'd be anxious to see see what he does with that and who kind of plays their way into it and all that. And we didn't talk about Bryson. Where's Bryson on this stuff this week? you like pressing I, I, I hate to go back to the gambling deal, but he is a no, it good, not, he
2: is like, he's, he's not bad. He's just not quite up to par with like Scott and Morikawa and Matsuyama Horschel and Reed in that price range. And I heard something on a podcast earlier this week and they didn't go into many details, but they, he's changing some of his, I think the offset in his clubs, I'm, uh, I'm not smart enough to know what Bryson is doing. I don't know if you have any insight as, as to what that would actually be affecting or anything he's, he's toying around and they, they just said he's making changes like some big changes to the scoring clubs in his bag. So he may be completely lost around the greens this week. So that's even if he was coming out really well in my model, and then maybe he's a super genius and he solves it and he's going to win by 20 this week. But I didn't like hearing that, especially this late in the year. Making those kind of changes heading into the playoffs, I think he's in his own head.
1: Yeah, uh, just in case anybody was unclear about this yet, um, he's not a scientist. Uh, he's not even a college graduate. Um, I I would love I I would like to see Southern Methodist release his transcripts because I bet you he didn't even make an A in physics yeah yeah how long was he at smu two years i think two, two years two and a half i think he went the first semester of his third year and then you know went pro same odds this week as jordan spieth so lay your mortgage payment on a head-to-head if you can get even odds on those guys i would think i don't know i mean maybe not but i you certainly you certainly would think that the literal garbage man that's collecting garbage on the course could beat Spieth this week because he's not going to make the cut. Yeah.
0: I mean, get your licks in on Spieth now because he's – it's it's rough with that guy. So, I don't know. I think he's going to do good on Thursday, Friday, though. I got no reason to think he wouldn't. He's second on tour in Friday scoring average. And, like, whatever last would be for the weekend, he's got to be that. So, I think he's 73, I saw. 67 is his average for Friday and 73 for Sunday. That is – that's brutal.
1: That's that's not. Does good. he play? Does he have to play the same course those <laughs> Friday Saturdays or? Is... I don't know. That's bad. I don't know. And, uh, mo- moving day is Saturday for Spieth for sure. He moves his ass right to the parking lot to start his car and drive
0: home. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, who who's on the? Who's qualified for the Presidents Cup on both sides as as it stands? Does anybody get that kind of information that they could pull up?
2: I have got it here. So right now, the top 10 in the U.S. standings, Kepka, DJ, JT, Xander, Kucher, Webb Simpson, Bryson, Cantlay. That's your top eight. And then Woodland and Finau, nine and 10. And I think those guys have to be captain's picks. Then for the international team, you've got Leishman, Louis, Hideki, Adam Scott, Haltong Lee, Cam Smith, Jason Day, and C.T. Pan
0: as their eight automatics.
2: Cam Smith? Smith. He was very good
1: in the fall. I oh, thought winter. he was American.
0: That's why I was... Confused. <laughs> is it, was he Australian, I guess? Uh, Aust- he probably
1: a Cam Smith American, too. Mm. But yeah, huh. that one's Australian. Okay.
2: Then my man, Jazz Jane what in the nine is nice. Awesome.
1: I was hoping you'd try just to just pronounce racking that. Nine. up,
2: racking up points on the... Japanese tour,
1: and Abraham answer is 10. Okay, okay. Help me out here. What the hell? President's Cup... Okay, obviously the U.S. is the U.S. team. So what's the President's Cup? I thought it was Southern Hemisphere players, oh, it, or like Asian.
2: I believe it's any
1: non-European,
0: Non-European
1: international. So you Okay, because answer's South- Mexican. I'm like, how is that not... Uh, I mean, that just seems weird, but okay. Alright.
0: Where's like Griot oh, sunjay and where's, where's Grio
2: from Grio is argentina um neiman is chile there's some dudes coming for that one Corey connors from canada Ben on oh. siwoo sunjay i believe are all three from korea mm-hmm. if they just need fratelli and sun kang to show up and it's over <laughs> they will cheat them what they will cheat their way to 10 <laughs> points total
0: that uh presidents cup team is going to be getting pretty strong over the years uh there's with the uh kind of the more asian influence you're seeing in golf is going to be well i don't we'll see but it's it's gotten stronger than it used to be for sure so we'll see kind of how that
1: and and wh- where's it at this year
2: it is in australia um i could have named the course the you Ro- royal me- royal melbourne right yes and that is where they where the international team won
1: in i can't the, remember the last time they were there the, the americans are not going to like that golf tightest course, course it in is, history it, yeah it's it is and and if they learned anything for the Ryder cup there it would it this is way too early to talk about this but it would not surprise me to see this is like this is like if the dream team had to play on a uh, the dream team, you know, basketball back in the Olympics had to play on on, on a basketball court. You couldn't dunk on, and I mean, it's 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 not going to be set up very good for them. And uh, I I don't know. It would not surprise me at all to see the international team upset them when this when this happens here.
2: But that's even more reason to take a guy like Morikawa instead of Spieth or Phil. They should not be anywhere near a course.
0: Phil should be. That, n- that is time. Yeah, I think of Elkington, who's talked about it always. Australian guy. How Melbourne's just. It's the tightest course. He says tightest course there is. So, yeah, that would be kind of interesting. We'll see how that. See Hold how on. That
1: I, me, I'm scrolling down here. I'm trying to find uh, Spieth's <laughs> ranking on the, uh, on the President's <laughs> Cup. Y'all, y'all start talking. I'll tell you when I get to Spieth. <laughs> I want to okay, know who's right. above and below him. Uh, J, uh, J2 Poston is at 28th. Spieth is 29th. Kyle Stanley 30th. That's strong. So that's the. Postman that, just won. That. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely poston was probably 197th last week yeah that's
0: a great company you're talking about a guy that just fresh off a win so
1: and the guy with the best beard on tour
0: oh that's true too
1: yeah i, I mean andrew putnam and scott Piercy are a few spots ahead of jordan speed so yeah. he's he's definitely trending in the right direction
0: when when jordan speed not the best dallas resident golfer uh on, on tour that's pretty that's pretty rough so isn't Piercy from lives in dallas now he's a vegas guy i think though originally
2: I, I just know him from Vegas.
1: Yeah. No. He he's he leads the tour in strokes gain stubble. Yeah, he he looks like Las Vegas. He is. He is he is Las Vegas. But like he just like he just woke up <laughs> and he's gotta make his tea time.
0: Everything about I could have swore he lives in Texas now, but yeah, he is as Las Vegas as they come. Uh, true and true. And answer, he's a Odessa College Wrangler, fun fact, uh alum, so won't be rooting for him at the president's cup, but good to see him out there doing good with the Miura uh, sponsorship, strong golf junkie, uh, uh, golf club manufacturer, uh, sponsorship. So anyways, I got nothing else. Steve, you got anything?
1: No, I, uh, one thing I'm looking forward to this week is, you know, uh, Wolf, uh, Morikawa and those guys, uh, have obviously been lighting up the tour since they came on, but they really haven't been paired with or been, you know, kind of in the same tournament as all these big guns and i mean obviously wolf is paired with speed the first two rounds but you know it, it's just going to be it, it, it's one thing to to win the barracuda or you know win some of these kind of no-name tournaments but to be out here with all the, the big the big studs i'm kind of looking forward to seeing how how they either perform or, or wilt under that kind of pressure
2: no, i agree i think that's a great point point. and then i also think that once we start talking about scott Piercy, it's time for me to go
0: Yes, I, I got the same. I got nothing to say, so that'll wrap it up. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.